Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. And welcome to this week's In the Oil Patch with Shale Magazine. My name is Alvin Bailey alongside your host, Kim Bilotto. Kim, a couple of great guests on tap today. We've got David Blackman coming up. Also, our energy expert. Our energy expert. And also, we've got a super special guest coming up later in the show. And with that, Kim, let's bring in our first guest. He's our resident oil and gas expert, David Blackman. Kim? And thank you, Alvin. And now it is time for our resident energy expert, David Blackman from DB Energy. David, welcome back this week. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. You know, um, we've really been on a roll as far as talking about um, Trump and uh, the election and OPEC. And it's, you know, I think primarily because things are changing so fast and dramatically. And so uh, with that being said, I really think that I'd like to try to uh, talk about OPEC again this week and uh, some of the new assignments with Donald Trump. So this week, President-elect Donald Trump has actually named a couple of appointments. Um, and some of them, uh, like the new EPA director, are very interesting. So tell me some of the winners, uh, some of the, uh, your thoughts on um, a couple that are uh, really hot in your mind as far as very interesting selections. So... Yeah, so uh, Scott Pruitt is the current attorney general in, in, in Oklahoma, and uh, like Governor Abbott when he was attorney general, he has a history of, of filing lawsuits uh, against the Environmental Protection Agency in, uh, during the Obama administration for, for regulatory overreach, and uh, Mr. Trump has named him as his choice to be the EPA administrator. And that uh, has set off uh, quite a controversy in, in the environmentalist community. Um, you know, who fear that uh, Mr. Pruitt will come in and dismantle all the regulations uh, that exist uh, on energy and the environment, uh, which, of course, isn't going to happen. But, uh, you know, the, the part of it is the environmental organizations like the Sierra Club and the NRDC and, and all those groups make fundraising off of controversy. And so is they're going to make this uh, nomination as controversial as possible. But... Uh, the choice of Mr. Pruitt, I think, is a clear indication that Trump does intend to change how regulating the environmental and energy space is done in Washington and does intend to scale back some of what the EPA has done, some of the overreach they've engaged in over the last eight years, and uh, bring the process at EPA back to normal order. You know, I want to just back up a little bit. And, you know, some of the stuff you mentioned, we really, I want to put it in context, because you hear so much of the other side of the media discussing it, that something really bad is going to happen. They're going to undo everything that Obama had put in place to save the planet. And it's just simply not true. They, right. they honestly went so far in a direction. And, and for me, the common sense moment for me was if we were genuinely serious as a world, you know, the United States is only one country in this big world. The moment that the world starts really implementing, not having Paris talks, but really 
implementing some of the worst polluters on the planet, then you can talk to me about that we are really in dire straits. But until then, it is just more regulation to make our government bigger, to make sure that you stifle and kill any new growth and new business. And it's really important that I think that we all understand what's been happening for the last eight years. Because if you've got to go through executive order to get things passed and not go through Congress, there's a problem. And, and that yeah, kind it's a of real problem. Yeah. a very big problem. Why do you need to do that? And it's because you really don't have the ability to make a good argument that we need all this stuff to be happening the way it's happening right now. That's just my little, little opinion. And um, I'm glad to see that we're moving in the right direction of just kind of leveling the playing field. Because every time a, a, an environmentalist group comes in, they sue the government, they get a potload of money, like you said. And that's what the general public doesn't realize is this is a bunch of attorneys that just sit there and sue and sue and sue because they're, the, the government is out of violation somewhere and they get this pot of money and it just continues to fund their organization and give them careers. So... I don't see any other group basically doing uh, and making a career out of it the way this group has. It's not to say that this group does not have a place they do. We need to monitor our environment, but I just think it needs to be done in a more balanced way than the way it's been doing. It's, it's just really overbearing and overreaching in the last eight years. So Yeah, and I think that's what the, exactly what's going to happen. It's, it's The system's going to get back into balance uh, because for the last eight years, we we've had agencies in the federal government that, you know, the process of, of rulemaking, regulation making is, is, is complicated. It's supposed to be complicated. It's supposed to be hard. That's how the process was set up in the Constitution. Uh, the people who drafted that document wanted it to be hard to implement regulations and make new laws so that laws and regulations that go into place have general consensus in the public. Uh, and then when you have a, a presidency that just goes outside of that process to strong-arm things into place, you've lost that balance. And you have this radical change that we've had uh, really that's really accelerated in the last two years. And, and you know, um, you start negatively impacting the economy and raising everybody's energy costs. And, and, uh, and so I think that What's going to happen more than anything else is just the normal order of doing these things is going to be restored. And uh, it's not going to be some environmental disaster. Right. Right. So what are some of the other appointments that have uh, really uh, made you think twice, like good or bad? Um, we have had a couple more. Um, uh, he's named a few. So what are some of the ones that uh, have really grabbed your attention? Well, you know, the, the naming of Mrs. McMahon, Linda McMahon, uh, who was formerly the head of the World Wrestling Association and, and really built that into a gigantic business in the 90s. Uh, naming her as his choice for the head of the Small Business Administration, I think, caught people by surprise. Uh, I think when her critics actually, if they take the time to really look into what she's accomplished in her life, they... Uh, probably will back off and, and not really uh, pick her as a target for condemnation because she's she was an incredible businesswoman. Um, you know, uh, Mad Dog Mattis at defense, uh, General Mattis, I think is, is going to be fairly controversial um, just because we haven't had an actual general in charge of uh, at, as the Secretary of Defense in a long, long time. And, um, you know, the 
a lot of people, uh, the Washington Post had an editorial this week expressing concern over that uh, particular appointment because you, you will typically there's been a tradition in this country of having civilian run military apparatus and, uh, and there are valid reasons for that. So uh, I think that General Mattis is probably going to run into some, some difficulties in the confirmation process. Um, and then of course he continues to just go back and forth over who he's going to appoint as secretary of state. Um, the list of potential candidates started out as Rudy Giuliani and Mitt Romney and, and John Bolton. And now there's like 12 people being considered. And, uh, so he doesn't seem to be able to be, he hasn't been able to come to ground on who he wants on that job. And, um, uh, uh, there's a lot of concern, I think, among people who supported his candidacy uh, about uh, the thought of him picking Mitt Romney, who was, of course, one of his most vocal critics. So, um, you know, it's a very interesting process. It's been very organized, very efficient, uh, not a, at all what the news media all told us was going to happen. And um, and I think in general, it's it's been pretty well executed. I think that he pretty much has come in and demonstrated that he is not going to think like a career elected official and is going to look at it from a business sense and start streamlining a lot of the things that uh, I think the United States government, Congress, how they look at things is completely different than than uh, than the way he looks at it. One last uh, thing, David, can you tell me, uh, you know, we've had some um, OPEC announced the uh, uh, freezing or the cutting back on uh, on 1.5 million barrels um, of crude. And there's been a lot of discussion now about um, how are they going to implement it? Is this really going to be done? How does this impact us? Because I'm hearing six months only. And so is that really a change or is that a Band-Aid over uh, this gusher? So what's your opinion on what's happening with OPEC? Well, what's happening with OPEC is, is kind of like what's always happened with them. Uh, they announce targets. Uh, they try to enforce quotas on their members, and everybody agrees to it at the meeting. And then uh, the meeting is over, and everybody kind of goes their own way. And, and uh, what you thought was a consensus, uh, you know, there tends to be a lot of confusion around it. Uh, the agreement uh, is supposed to go into effect in January. There's no set term on it. Uh, six months or anything else. Uh, they have set up a monitoring committee uh, headed by Indonesia uh, with, I think, six other co- uh, the member countries having representatives on the monitoring committee to make sure everybody adheres to their quotas. And, um, you know, they'll try to police it uh, the way they've always tried to police these things. Uh, but, uh, you know, anyone who's followed OPEC over the last 40 years, uh, and I guess I'm old enough to have done that. Um, sadly, <laughs> uh, knows that they, you know, they members tend to cheat. And right. They, they, right. You right. know, there's all these countries have their own economic needs, and there's always an incentive to put more oil on the market than than what's in their quota if they have it available. And so, yeah, it's going to be a a real interesting uh, exercise trying to police it all. But um, 
Well, I'm sh- well. I'm sure that you and I will be following it closely and making sure that yeah. we can uh, explain it because it is somewhat complicated. And I do hope that they are serious because I think that on a world market stage, um, they are the ones who need this the most since U.S. shell producers have, have proven they're not going anywhere. So let's find a real solution uh, and make this problem go away. David, uh, we've come to the end of our segment. It's a pleasure speaking with you again, and I look forward to speaking to you again next week. Great. Looking forward to it. Kim, always great to have David Blackman on. What a great expert to have access to. And and with that, we do need to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey along with Kim Bellotto, broadcasting from Shale Studios, and we'll be right back. You know, great companies take great care of their employees. Ensure the well-being of your workforce with Baptist Healthy Solutions, your answer to convenient and affordable health care that comes to you. Our mobile health unit delivers on-site, state-of-the-art, comprehensive care that keeps your employees healthy from the day they're hired till the day they retire. From pre-employment screenings to routine immunizations to on-site injury care and more, trust Baptist Healthy Solutions with your workforce health care needs. Health care that comes to you. Call 866-334-2485. Again, that's 1-866-334-2485. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. Again, my name is Alvin Bailey along with host Kim Bellotto. And we're visiting with U.S. Representative Brian Babin, the U.S. Representative for the Texas 36th Congressional District. Kim? Congressman Babin, it's such a pleasure to have you back on in the Oil Patch Radio Show. Um, you know, you haven't been here for a little bit uh, because you've been extremely busy, but I do, I'm do. i glad that you made a little bit of time to come back on and get us updated on what's been happening out there in your area. So welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Kim. Great to be with you. I catch you a lot. You're doing a lot of media with Fox, and of course, we just finished a uh, an election that was definitely one for the history books. Um, and so I did want to ask you, um, first of all, um, the new uh, president, President-elect Donald Trump, tell me your thoughts on how do you see his presidency shaping up and how uh, is it in Congress? What is the feeling there with having uh, President Trump? Well, as a, as a longtime supporter of, of, uh, of President-elect Trump, uh, actually, uh, uh, traveled uh, several places in the country and spent many hours on television and radio uh, supporting him because I knew uh, that with his background as a as a very successful businessman and somebody who was a an aggressive person that uh, he would have a, a lot more leadership qualifications I think than Mrs. Clinton would have and she had so much so much baggage but nevertheless uh, he is he has prevailed. And it is it has put, I think Washington D.C. turned it on its head. This this is going we're going to see a, a paradigm shift change uh, in the uh, in the politics and the way things are done up here, and uh, that's on every issue, every single issue that uh, he uh, articulated. I thought it was right along what I'm as a conservative Republican uh, believe in. And uh, everything from uh, from being pro-life to closing the borders to energy independence, uh, tax reform, uh, you know, uh, uh, cutting the the uh, the federal workforce, getting rid of a lot of the deadwood here, and just just all kinds of things. And I believe we're going to see under uh, President Trump. In fact, uh, as we just talked about a little earlier, 
uh, I think uh, Mr. Trump has, has already uh, been effective in keeping some jobs from leaving the state of Indiana and going overseas. So he's already having an effect. That is correct. And, you know, Congressman Babin, you're bringing up a great point, which is when we interviewed you for the very first time, you know, one of the questions we asked you, or I asked you, was, you know, what made you want to run for office? And I remember you telling me it was because you really wanted to make a difference and you were tired of seeing what was going on in Washington. And you, too, very much like President Trump or President-elect Trump, um, is both of you guys are outside of being in political office uh, for years and years and years. You're actually a physician um, that uh, is used to private practice and, and being in the business setting. So tell me a little bit about your take on how do you see that shaping up? And, and of course, there's the very important NAFTA that will affect uh, all of us, especially in Texas, since Texas does so much trading uh, through NAFTA. Well, I think the border security uh, issue is uh, was one of the driving forces that uh, you know, propel Trump to, to victory. I really do. Um, the, the very fact that we've had just decades of, of uncontrolled uh, uh, egress and ingress across our borders by illegals, uh, I think, and it's, it's put an enormous burden on, uh, I've been a former school board member on schools. Uh, I was a mayor on, on municipalities, local governments, uh, on our on our law enforcement system, our our prison system, et cetera. Uh, I think it's just time. People were tired of it. They are tired of it, especially the criminal alien uh, element uh, and the sanctuary city situation. Uh, I think uh, our more liberal uh, uh, friends that have been pushing this thing, and including that certainly includes uh, President Obama. Uh, we are putting innocent American citizens at grave risk when we don't know who's coming into the country, where they're from, what their intentions are, and then giving them a sanctuary uh, to run to when they should be either in jail or, or, uh, or uh, deported because of their crimes. And so uh, I think this is one of the big issues that Trump is going to address. We were, I was in a Trump meeting uh, with many of my colleagues uh, just yesterday. We were, we were told that we will be the generation that stops illegal immigration in the United States of America, and there was uh, there was uh, quite a bit of applause, and and uh, it's about time that we do this. Uh, we've got to we want we want immigrants, but we want them legally, and we want immigrants that will come in and make good citizens and be patriotic Americans. That's the main thing, and people who will obey uh, the Constitution and uh, love it, love this country, and that's uh, that's what has to be done. And uh, so I think we're going to see a real change there. He's determined to uh, carry this through. And, uh, of course, I've had legislation now for a year and a half or a little over uh, to stop the refugee program. And I think that he's all he's going to address that. And I believe he will, he will be addressing this uh, through executive order. I'll also know that he's going to reverse a lot of these executive orders that were done by President Obama. There have been some really egregious ones. And uh, we're going to get rid of uh, get rid of Obamacare too. As a healthcare practitioner, that was that was one of the main reasons I ran. Uh, I have 13 reasons to run, and that was those were my 13 grandkids, uh, Kim. Yeah, so I, I'm very excited. There, there's you can just feel the excitement up here on the hill. Uh, it's amazing to uh, you know I've been here for two years now. Uh, just that there's a whole different feeling. We're going to start taking this country into a direction that will be efficient. 
that will be great. That will put us in, into positions of strength again, uh, and and uh, and re reclaim, you know, uh, the the world's number one superpower as we've slipped, uh, you know, for the last eight years. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. A lot of folks are. Well, you know, Congressman Babin, you um, are inspiring to, to speak to you right now because I think you're hitting uh, exactly the nail on the head as far as this is also what the American people, in my opinion, have been thinking too. We're excited seeing there's going to be real change and we're going to really get some things done with our elected officials. When We've got to take a quick break. When we return, I want to stay on the topic of immigration. You are listening okay. to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we will be right back. The Kalig Auto Group has Ford and Ram trucks for your heavy-duty needs. We also carry Mazda, Subaru, Volkswagen, Jeep, even Lincoln and Lexus for your luxury needs, and we have an Audi store coming soon. So whether you need work trucks for your day-to-day business or a new Lincoln or Lexus for you personally, call me. My cell number is 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656, or you can always email me. A Bailey at KaligAuto.com. That's A Bailey, B A I L E Y, at Kalig, K A H L I G, Auto, A U T O.com. I look forward to seeing you down the road. Hi, I'm Rita Stitch, Chairman of the Let's Rodeo Ball Committee. I would like to invite you to the upcoming Let's Rodeo Ball. Tickets and sponsorships are available and include dinner and open bar. So get your tickets now. Please call 210-225-5851 or visit sarodeo.com and click on the Let's Rodeo Ball picture. We hope to see you there. And we're back with In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Congressman Babin. Uh, Congressman Babin, before the break, we were discussing a little bit about border security and and, uh, immigration. But I want to stay on that topic because, you know, you were discussing that um, you have a couple of pieces of legislation or you have some legislation that um, have been basically focusing on immigration and some of the issues. Um, So tell me a little bit about what your plan is, your your piece of legislation. Where do you want to go with immigration? Where would you like to see it go? Well, number one, we have to to secure the border, Kim. That is absolutely necessary. Uh, You know, we keep hearing over the years, we keep hearing where we need to do comprehensive uh, immigration reform. And and when you dive into that, uh, you know, you drill down. Uh, you find out that it's basically uh, a lot of amnesty. Uh, they're going to legalize the illegals that's, and put them on, the, on a path to citizenship in many respects. Uh, that cannot happen. Um, you know, number one, we have to get rid of the, of the criminal alien element here. And uh, that's another bill. I've got, I've got the refugee bill, the Resettlement Accountability Act that you were just, just referring to of 2014. And oh, excuse me, of 2015, and then we also have a, uh, a criminal alien deportation act. Uh, and when we have, uh, I think at last count there were almost a hundred thousand. I think it was 85 to 100,000 uh, criminal aliens that, that that this president has let out of prison. They will not. They're not being. Re- they're not being deported. Uh, their countries don't don't repatriate them. And uh, the the president, the administration will not pull the trigger and, and use their authority to force these countries to take uh, murderers and thieves and rapists and, and all these people that are, uh, you know, that are misbehaving here and they're here illegally. And so my, my, my uh, bill would, uh, would enable the federal government to suspend that country's uh, uh, 
visa program. In other words, we, they're not going to be able to get a visa to send anybody else to the United States as long as they're not cooperating with us. So we can suspend their visa program, and we can also suspend that nation's foreign aid. And uh, I think it's it's a fair deal. If they're not taking their criminals back, then they don't ought to not be getting any taxpayer funds, and they certainly don't need to be get, getting uh, visas. On the refugee program, we know that these refugees are dangerous. We just had uh, an attack uh, just the other day um, in Ohio, at Ohio State University, where a refugee came in and uh, has just, has, uh, you know, uh, radicalized in uh, – Certainly, ISIS has now claimed that as one of their one of their own, and uh, this was a refugee that was that was brought in on taxpayer money, uh, settled in that area by uh, by federal contractors. Uh, usually, it's against the wishes and will, or even it, it, even the local people uh, don't have any say whatsoever in it. Uh, but nevertheless, this this program has got to stop because it's putting us at, at ri- putting us at risk. And uh, my bill would have suspended that program until the Congress uh, can uh, uh, reclaim uh, uh, control and responsibility for that program and get it out of the hands of, uh, of, a, of a president that just seems to ignore the facts of reality and wants to bring in tens of thousands of people that uh, may be uh, uh, infiltrated by ISIS and, and really in, ter- in truth is a, is a Trojan horse. So that's what that's what we're trying to do, and Mr. Trump has articulated both of those uh, issues very, very well. I thought, um, and uh, he was talking about uh, uh, deporting the criminal aliens uh, numerous times during the campaign. He said we were going to to, to suspend the uh, the refugee program from uh, countries of of really hot spot uh, hot spots of uh, radical terror, Islamic terror. And that's exactly what my bill says. So if he can do this with a with an executive order and undo what President Obama has done, we still need to get some some legislation through that would 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 uh, put the Congress itself back in the driver's seat on this program so future administrations can't abuse it like like what we've seen. The big issue, uh, Kim. You know, Congressman Babin, one of the strangest things to me is you know, I know that we are a country that has really been created off of uh, diverse uh, people coming in and uh, Americanizing. But the fact that we are accepting people who have no desire to assimilate to our beliefs is a very strange thing for me. I'm trying to figure out well, how do they fit in. I know we are the land of the free, but if you go against all of our constitution in your basic human rights ways, how do you, how do we accept you in our country? It's a very troubling thing, very uh, confusing for me. I, I don't quite understand how, how we're going to do this and how this is going to work smoothly. And maybe this is why we're seeing such terrorism. But with that, we do have to take a real quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us, 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. 
And we're back with in the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Congressman Babin. Before the break, Congressman Babin, I was discussing the topic of immigration and how I don't understand why we would be bringing in people that um, their culture, their uh, beliefs are completely contradictory to our beliefs and uh, the Constitution of the United States. And specifically, I'm talking about uh, the uh illegal immigrants that are being brought in from like countries like Syria and Somalia and stuff like that. Um, what are your thoughts on what, why, why would we be taking these, these specific type of immigrants and how do they ever assimilate to our beliefs? They don't, <clears throat> you know, a lot of these people do not assimilate Kim and you, we don't have to look any further than Western Europe to see the problems that they have in some of the great cities of Europe. Uh, no-go zones where even the police are afraid to go. This is where a lot of these hotbeds of terrorism uh, have uh, kind of uh, uh, fermented there and, and, and put these radicalized people out uh, on, on, on to innocent folks. And uh, we certainly don't need that here. I think, I think uh, if we want to repeat what, what Western Europe uh, has become with unassimilated uh, uh, hundreds and hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of, of unassimilated uh, uh, migrants and refugees, et cetera, uh, then we, we need to keep up what President Obama has been trying to do, letting let anybody and everybody in, even in the face of warnings from his own FBI director and Homeland Security Secretary that uh, they can't really vet these people properly. And so, you know, what we need to do, Kim, we have to have a, and this is not unprecedented. You know, back during the Cold War, uh, we, we were uh, certainly not taking in communists uh, or people who are advocating the overthrow of the United States of America. And if these, if these migrants and these immigrants and these refugees and asylum seekers are coming in from hotbeds of terror and uh, uh, they are Islamic, uh, uh, Islamic hotbeds of terror, let me, let me add that to it, then we need to make sure these folks are not Sharia adherent. In other words, will they honor our Constitution, or will they think, feel like that their Sharia law supersedes our Constitution? If that's the case, we should never allow those people into this country because we want folks that are going to be patriotic Americans who will live the American dream, who are seeking freedom and liberty. Sharia law is absolutely and adamantly opposed uh, to our freedoms and liberties that we have, we're, we're, we've become so used to and enjoyed for, for 240 years. We cannot allow folks in here that will not uh, be assim good assimilated uh, immigrants who, uh, who will be patriotic Americans. And if they believe in, uh, in something that, uh, that supersedes our laws, then, then it's, it's not healthy for our country, and we're on the path to what's happening in Western Europe. So we have to we have to make that distinction, and I think uh, I think uh, pausing our refugee bill and, and securing these borders and making sure that we're not politically correcting ourselves to death because that's what it is, Kim. This is political correctness that <clears throat> they worship diversity so earnestly that they're willing to sacrifice the safety and health 
and national security of, of American people, of the American citizens. And you know what? I think most American people are saying this is political craziness. It, it is. It is just, it's not anything we've ever seen, in our, not in my lifetime. But I want to change gears just a little bit because there was another really hot topic when uh, Donald Trump was running for president, and that was the health care issue. And you've been a very strong supporter of health care reform. So I want to get into that. What is your opinion with uh, President-elect Donald Trump? His his. What do you think will happen with the health care bill? Do you, you know, he's promised to do a full repeal, and then now he's changed a little bit. I know you support doing something. Um, we here, you know, in Texas have seen a lot of changes, and not uh, not in good ways, pertaining to um, health care and the skyrocketing, skyrocketing, uh, you know, uh, premiums. premiums. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. what is your thoughts? What What's the solution? Well, this is uh, this is, has been my solution. Uh, we need a repeal of Obamacare. But we want to do it in such a way that we're not going to leave the folks hanging that have policies right now. And <clears throat> so we we have several good plans out. The better way plan of the Republican Party and the Republican Conference here uh, is 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 one way in which we can repeal the uh, the Affordable Care Act uh, because we know that it, on the horizon and already hitting us right and left are escalating premiums some some over a hundred percent. Uh, we, we've seen the uh, participating uh, insurance companies drop out like flies until I think there's only about two or three left. And uh, the, <clears throat> the uh, deductibles have escalated to amounts where you cannot, uh, you know, a, a young family with a couple of kids uh, uh, who are paying, uh, you know, 1000 or $1,200 a month for their insurance. Uh, can't ever use their insurance because they have a ten thousand dollar deductible or something, something you know, something like that. So it has to change. It's it's a disaster. It it is killing the American middle class. It is hurting businesses. You, we talked about uh, being small businesses uh, and uh, private businesses earlier in this conversation, and uh, we can't just be thinking with a mentality of inside the beltway. We've got to start. We've got to start putting ourselves in the shoes of those out there in the American hinterlands who are working and making a living and trying to run small businesses or working for small businesses and uh, trying to get their kids raised and educated and make their communities better places to live uh, and not have good health care or a good policy. And uh, we were just simply not told the truth by this president, said we could keep our doctors if we liked them, we could keep our insurance policies if we liked them, that he was going to, uh, it was going to save money, and, and on the contrary, it, it cost us uh, – I think the last time I heard was close to $3,000 a year more uh, to pay for them. We lost our doctors. We lost our insurance uh, policies. And none of it has worked out the way we wanted it to. So we need free market forces uh, that, that will be controlled from the bottom up, not from government top down. And uh, there's nothing better than competition. And as a healthcare provider, I'm a dentist. Uh, I've been a dentist for 38 years. And this is exactly what the American people want. This is what they expect. And they're angry about Obamacare. It has been an dis- abject disaster. And, uh, and President-elect Trump plans to do this. And this is something we're going to hit right off the bat in January. And with that, Congressman Babman, we do have to take a real quick break. And we will be right back. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Amerijet's global cargo network is ready to take care of all your shipping needs. With over 40 years of experience in the energy industry, we will help drive your excellent performance. 
Shipping general cargo, oversized, heavy lift, hazardous material, or mission-critical cargo? Amerijet is your full-service logistics provider, offering air charter, airport-to-airport, cross-border trucking, and express shipping. Amerijet will connect your company to over 30 major cities in the U.S. with more than 625 destinations worldwide. We provide global transportation solutions throughout the Americas, Mexico, the Caribbean, Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. Your company will benefit from compliance with the highest safety and environmental standards, 24-7 security and surveillance, and online tracking. Let Amerijet's global team ensure the safe delivery of your cargo. For the best in customer satisfaction, Amerijet Houston is your commercial shipping partner. Call Amerijet at 281-617-2187 or visit us at Amerijet.com. Once again, that's 281-617-2187 or visit us at Amerijet.com. Hey, you, do you want to go to the fastest growing oil and gas mixer in Texas? Ma'am, I'm all for growing my business, so you got my attention, but what is Teak? Teak is the Texas Energy Advocate Coalition, and we hold free business mixers to help businesses grow and network. Is there a fee to join? Not for the next 90 days. It's completely free. So there's no charge to join, no charge to attend mixers, but we do want like-minded individuals to attend who are interested in growing their business and networking. Well, I want to join. Where do I go? You go to shellmag.com slash teak, T-E-A-C, and click the join link. Enter your information and we'll get you set up. So let me write this down. That's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G dot com slash T-E-A-C. Yes. Well, that sounds good. I'll see you at the next mixer. And you're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Congressman Babin. Uh, Congressman Babin, before the break, we were finishing up our discussion on health care, but I want to move into a very, very important announcement that was announced today um, as we are taping, and it was that OPEC has come to an agreement and has reached one to decrease their production. Um, and so I, I know that your constituents, uh, you are in a very heavy uh, oil and gas town. Um, tell me a little bit about what you think this means for us uh, in the state of Texas and the United States. Uh, this, this is going to have a great beneficial effect on us. And uh, you're right. I represent the 36th Congressional District of Texas, which is southeast Texas from uh, Houston, from southeast part of Houston, all the way over to Louisiana, and then up the country about 100 miles. We have nine counties. Uh, and it's going to be a huge shot in the arm for us uh, because we are absolutely the epicenter of energy production uh, right there in my district. We have more uh, refinery refineries and chemical plants than any other district in the entire country. We also have uh, four different ports that I represent, including the Port of Houston, Port of Beaumont, Port of Baytown, Port of Orange. And uh, just a lot going on. Plus, we have uh, we have oil and gas exploration going on as well, uh, which has been hit pretty hard with the low prices. So this should help us. You know, if OPEC cuts back on their uh, their production, that should help uh, Texas in a in a huge way. And uh, so I'm really looking forward uh, to uh, the future. It just seems like uh, since the election of, of Donald Trump, we've had some good things happen. And uh, I just hope that we uh, we we want to follow through with this this uh, streak, stri- excuse me, a streak of good fortune uh, when we had a really a revolution at the ballot box on election day uh, because Americans want to be uh, energy independent and uh, no one can appreciate that better than a Texan and so uh, we're there I mean we're we're on the verge of energy independence uh, this president current president has done all he can to, to stymie that. 
to, to uh, he's taken adversarial positions on on our energy producers uh, in so many respects. And uh, Donald Trump has already said we're going to achieve energy independence. We're we were almost there, you know, before prices started tanking. And I think with uh, you know with some cooperation, and I think um, uh, we're going to have an, another renaissance in energy uh, uh, energy production and refining uh, here in our in our state in our country. Looking forward to it. Oh, so am I. You know, one of the things that that is very profound to me is you know the the saying, when something bad happens, something usually good happens as well. And and when we you know when you, when you think back on OPEC, you know, opening the floodgates. And trying to drive down the cost so it would basically, uh, you know, just kill U.S. production and, and U.S. producers. And at the time, it appeared to do that. It hurt a lot of jobs and industries and towns yeah. and counties. But what happened uh, in, in, in them doing that really wound up helping the energy industry, the U.S. shell producers, become very efficient and driving those costs down. And, and true to the American uh, dream and the way that Americans think, uh, we're going to continue uh, despite bad conditions. And they did it. And to see now that they are lowering production, to me, signifies they're making room and understanding the United States and the shell play and, and what's happening with hydraulic fracturing. It's going to continue. Uh, it's not going anywhere. So this no, was an not. extremely great thing for us. But it also is a really, to me, a, a, a bigger picture. It's it's a matter of national security because, Congressman Babin, what, is, what do you think about us being in six wars in the Middle East and mostly most of it all correlates back to us having to be there to protect our interests for energy. And now that we have President-elect Trump discussing we need to be energy independent, I don't think we need to be putting – we will not be as as adamant to go to the Middle East to be able to uh, have a presence over there because we have to anymore. And this also equates back to saving uh, lives here, American lives. We, we shouldn't be in six wars in the Middle East. So I just want to get your opinion on that. I couldn't agree more. You know, I mean, if we're energy independent, uh, we certainly don't, uh, we're not, we're not going to be dependent upon uh, <clears throat> Saudi Arabia or some of these OPEC states uh, who've really been trying to, Purposefully, I think trying to harm, uh, you know, our independent oil operators in the in the United States. It's been been tough, real tough for us for for many many months now. Um, and uh, of course, our our allies and friends in Western Europe have uh, they find themselves uh, dependent upon the OPEC states plus Russia. And so, uh, I think that they uh, they might they may need to look to see. Uh, this could open it now that we can. The United States can uh, can export oil uh, as of last year or this year rather. That's true. It's going to be good for us. And uh, if we, if our friends can buy from us rather than some adversary, somebody that's not real friendly to them, uh, that's going to that's going to be a better thing for the world. It's going to be great for the market. It'll be great for peace for innocent people who are just trying to uh, to live and and be successful. Uh, I really think this is going to work out real well for the United States. And this is what Mr. Trump has said, and uh, I heard him loud and clear during the during the election, and uh, that's reason why, one reason why I supported him so uh, you know so much. 
Well, with that, Congressman Babin, we have come to the end of our show. But before I let you go, I just wanted to tell you personally, I am very glad that you are uh, in Washington, D.C. I'm glad you were elected. You're doing a fine job, and you keep up the good work. And until we talk to you again on the show, thank you for being a guest on In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Thank you, Kim. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you, Alan. Good thank to you, talk Congressman. to you. I think we need to do some trivia. And I think, you know, we should make Congressman Babin the uh, topic of today's trivia question. Hey, if you're the first person to email the correct answer to this trivia question, let me give you the email address here. It's radio at shalemag.com. Again, radio at shalemag, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. You'll win a $75 gift certificate to the Palm Restaurant in Houston. Today's trivia question is, U.S. Representative Brian Babin represents which congressional district from Texas? Email your response to radio at shellmag.com. And remember, the first correct email will win a $75 gift certificate to the Palm Restaurant in Houston. Again, be the first correct emailer to radio at shalemag.com, and you'll win yourself a $75 gift certificate to the beautiful and the yummy Palm Restaurant in Houston, Texas. And Kim, that's about going to be a wrap for this week. Be sure and like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash in the oil patch radio show at shale mag on Twitter. And until next week, adios. adios. In the oil patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas business and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bellotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on in the oil patch.